0: Give him the glory. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, one more time, let's clap our hands uh, all over this place. uh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name. On the way back to your seat, shake somebody's hand. Tell them how glad you are to see them in the house of the Lord today. My, 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 my. Is anybody grateful for what we feel in this sanctuary this morning? Come on, are you thankful to step into the house of the Lord and feel the glory of God's presence today? Amen, amen. You can be seated. What a wonderful touch of the Holy Ghost has already met us here in this house this morning. I want to take another opportunity to again say a great big welcome to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us today. Rock Church, I need you to help me with your mouth and your hands. Make some Holy Ghost crazy noise for all of our guests. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's let them know. What a privilege and an honor it is. It is truly a privilege to have you in the house of the Lord with us today, amen. And if you're here this morning for the very first time, you should have received a VIP invitation when you walked through the door. It should look something like what you'll see on the screen behind me. That invitation card is for you After the service, immediately when we dismiss, we have a special place prepared with some light refreshments and we have a small gift that we'd like to give you as a token of our appreciation for being in the house of the Lord with us. We want to get to know you a little bit better. And so when we leave the service this morning, if you'll go out to the red carpet, there'll be somebody there to usher you in to the VIP room. And if you did not receive one of those, if you would just... Raise your hand briefly. One of our ministry technicians will get one of those to you immediately. Amen. And uh, we have a little saying around here that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the doors of this church. After that, we just think of you as part of the home crew. Amen. Amen, Rock Church. Would you help me just turn around to two or three people sitting next to you and tell them, welcome home this morning. Come on, tell them welcome home. They're on your left, on your right. Reach over the pew in front of you or behind you. Come on, don't leave anybody untouched. Tell them welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. So wonderful to have you in the house of the Lord with us. And uh, I looked out across the congregation and saw brother and sister Pope walk in the building. Would you help me give a great big God bless you to Brother and Sister Pope this morning, all the way from Batoon, Illinois, the Rock Church loves the Popes. Amen. And uh, we know that this is just home number two for them, and uh, our hearts rejoice every time uh, that they show up. I love it. Every once in a while I'll get a voicemail on my phone that will say, this is the Pope calling, and uh, but we're honored that they're here with us this morning, and God is doing some wonderful, wonderful things. I'm telling you what, there's an exciting week in front of us. So many amazing things going on and ministry events, and we want you to just plug into everything you can. There's something for everybody happening. We are living in exciting and amazing times. There has never been a day day and age like this to live for God. Can I get an amen? Now is not the time to backslide. Now is not the time to get discouraged and give up. Come on, I need a witness in the building. Now is not the time to get distracted and get off course. Now is not the time to get offended with somebody and lose the Holy Ghost, but it's time now more than ever to dig in and grab a hold of this thing with both hands and say, come on, Jesus. Oh, do you feel that in the house this morning? This week we had several people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God a praise for that this morning. Amen. And all of our Bible study classes and programs were just packed this week. And uh, God doing some amazing things. We are so grateful for that. And uh, I, I am just, my heart is full this morning the year was 1992. 1992 at a small campground in the mountains of Colorado. And I was a 15-year-old new convert. And I was Attending my very first youth camp as a Holy Ghost filled child of God. And during that youth camp, God began to get my attention as only God can. And on one of the nights of that camp meeting, the camp evangelist began to preach his testimony. And he preached a message entitled, Crosses You Never Intended to Carry. And as he began to preach his testimony, I can remember God speaking to me in a way that I had never heard his voice before. He began to preach that the struggles in your life are going to be the very things that God uses as a testimony and to use you for his glory. When he finished preaching, I remember crawling up under a chair. And there the Holy Ghost took me to depths that I had never been before in his presence. And I felt the Holy Ghost begin to speak to a broken 15-year-old boy and begin to show him that I'm going to take all of your wounds and I'm going to take all of your brokenness. I'm going to take every every hurt and every confusion and I'm going to use it for my glory. Woo! My life that night trajectory of my life was changed forever I spoke with my pastor and at the time it wasn't as clear as it became later it was very evident that God was calling me into ministry God was calling me to begin to sanctify and separate myself unto him just a few weeks later I preached my very first sermon at the age of 15 years old. 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. I, I married the most amazing young lady this side of heaven. <laughs> uh, getting married at 18. Kids, don't try this at home it was God's way for us at that time. And now the year was 1996. I had never forgot about that man or the message he preached or the indelible mark that was left in my life because of him. 1996, my wife and I drove all the way to Fresno, California. For a conference. And all the way across a building of about four or 5,000 people, I'm guessing, I spotted a man that I recognized who was that camp evangelist. And now I'm a 19-year-old young teenage preacher. And I remember, I didn't even know what to say, I was in such awe and admiration. I went to my pastor and I said, isn't that isn't that B.J. Wilmoth? He said, yeah. And I began to remind my pastor, I said, you remember he was the one preaching at the... And my pastor said, you ought to go talk to him. I said, oh no, I can't do that. He said, come on, let's go. And I remember him walking me over. And pastor B.J. Wilmoth was so kind, so endearing and, I reminded him of the youth camp and told him probably, I think it was the first time that I had a chance to share what an incredible impact his ministry had had upon me. That was in 1996, almost 25 years ago. And from that day forward, God just orchestrated me to be able to connect throughout my life with Pastor Wilmoth. Fast forward to the year 2013. I am now a young evangelist. And I remember how surreal it was stepping onto the platform in Redlands, California, where he has pastored a great church for many, many years. And standing behind that pulpit, I thought, what a circle of God's kingdom. He preached to a young boy from the hood at a youth camp and now that young boy is a man standing behind the pulpit where he pastors preaching to people and now fast forward to 2021 and he's here at the Rock Church this morning <laughs> would you help me put your hands together and give a great Big Rock Church, welcome today to Bishop and Lady Wilmoth all the way from Redlands, California. Come on, help me show them some love this morning. Bishop Wilmoth, you mean so much to me. And I mean it when I tell you that this is a dream come true to have you and your precious wife here with us today. I love you so much more than you can imagine. And it is an honor to have you here standing behind this pulpit today. We want you to just follow the Holy Ghost. We're with you. Welcome to Fort Myers. Welcome to the Rock Church. We love you very much.
1: indeed an honor to be here with all of you tonight, today and tonight and I certainly love your pastor and his lovely wife those two boys aren't too I love them too <laughs> and you know God has a way of taking us and using us with all of our warts all of our You know, the world, we're just damaged goods when we come to God, where sin damages us. And all of the world's ideas and values can crush our hopes and dreams that we can be used by God. But I'm so glad that I've got a God of new beginnings. Of new beginnings. A God that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him the hurts. It doesn't matter to him the damaged goods. He takes it and he uses it for his glory. And he gets all the glory. And he gets all the praise because of his greatness and his mercy. And uh, your pastor and his wife, his family have been very, very special to us. They came and preached a great revival for us in Redlands, which is one of the suburbs of Los Angeles area. And it's good to be in Florida because I get to eat in a restaurant. LA you only get to take out and you know it's just not the same you know what I'm saying seems like the portions are smaller when you take out you know and uh just not the same eating inside your car As it is, you know, sitting down and having someone bring uh, uh, you a little extra water and, uh, you know, it's just just not the same when, uh, you know, you drop your napkin and it's on the floor of your car and there are no other napkins and there's nobody to ask for one and oh my goodness. So it's good to be in Florida. I'm having fun. And as your pastor said, you are blessed with an incredible woman of God as your first lady. In my mind, I can still see her every morning as their trailer was parked at our church. and She would walk into the church And there, get on her knees and begin to pray. I have to admit to you, I didn't see a love evangelist's wife do that. But I saw your first lady do that. And you are honored to have a woman of prayer supporting her husband in the work of God supporting her sons as they grow in God and being a wonderful example to every woman that is here today in this church now you know there's certain things you're not supposed to do and when you have company come over one of the things you're not supposed to do is try out a new recipe you know is that right ladies I'm supposed to have one you know they're going to love you know they're going to just like turn to you and say you know that's i like it but it's kind of musty and they look at you and say You look at them and say, must he? Yeah, must have some more. Okay? Must have some more. Got to have some more. And so after 35 years of pastoring and six years of evangelizing and two years as a youth pastor... six months as a bishop, I've got uh, a lot of messages, a lot that I know they're good, you know, so I'm here, you're here, this is my first time, I, I guess I ought to be pulling one of those out. But you know, the difference is I got to follow the Lord. I got to follow the Lord Jesus. I got to trust him. I got to do his will. And I've been praying before I came here because I knew I'd be ministering then I prayed last night, prayed this morning, and felt the Lord put something on my heart this morning that I've never preached before. Because when I pray, I look and I think, you are the sheep of the pasture of the Lord. You are incredible church. You're valuable to God. I don't take that lightly. The words of David in the 23rd Psalm come to me when I'm preparing to preach. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still water. He restoreth my soul. And I prayed and I said, God, you're using me. I want to take this people and help them lie down in green pastures this morning and eat. I want to lead them by the still water where they can drink of the Spirit of God. I want to restore souls that are here. I want to restore the hurting. I want to restore those that have fallen. I want to restore people. Their what? Their minds. I want to restore their minds. I want to restore their will to live for God I want to restore their passion their spirit for God I don't want to preach just some sermon I want a word from God because you are the people of God you're just not any people you're just not any group you're the people of God I'm oh, going to preach something I've never preached before. It's not totally perhaps developed, but I told the Lord driving here, Lord, I will preach and do what you want me to do. I walked into Starbucks, and I met an incredible young lady. And when I walked in, it helped. It, it helped me know that I'm supposed to preach this. She was beautiful, incredible young lady, and as I was there, I asked her, "Do you go to church?" And she says, "Yes, I go to the Rock Church." I said, "Oh, good." She says, Well, do you go to church? And I said, Oh, yes, I go to Hope Center. And she says, Well, she kind of looked around, Where's that at? I said, Los Angeles area. Oh, okay. I never, and later I asked her her name. And uh, she said, It's Sister Abra. I said, "You do magic, abracadabra?" She says, it's "Like abracadabra, you know." I said, "Says, oh, you, you do magic?" She says, "No, no." But this beautiful, holy ghost, holy living young lady, with her hair fixed and her godly. It was a magnet for this man of God. It was a magnet that said, You're one of you're one of me. I'm one of you. I know who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it confirmed to me that I'm going to preaching on this subject, as we go to our text, I want to look here, we're going to be preaching on the beauty of holiness, the beauty of holiness, now we're going to second Chronicles, go ahead, you're doing good, you're making me sound so good, don't, doesn't he make me sound so good on that keyboard, oh my goodness, wow. How dead it would be if he wasn't making me sound good. 2 Chronicles 20 and 21. And when he, Jehoshaphat, had consulted with the people, he anointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say praise the lord for his mercy endureth forever now let's go to first chronicles 16 and verse 29 first chronicles 16 and 29 Give unto the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I want you to notice, I want you to notice a couple of things. The first thing I want you to notice that in our first text, our first text that we read it says that they should praise the beauty of holiness Hmm. that's interesting and then in the second text notice what they are to do they're to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness Huh? question is are they one and the same Understand the second one where we are to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness I understand that what the verb is worship I understand the subject of that line is the Lord and I see that the word in is a preposition in the Beauty that belongs, and notice the word of, it always shows possession. The beauty of holiness. The beauty that is possessed of holiness. I get that. But now notice this first text. What? Anointed sings that they should praise the beauty of holiness. Praise the beauty. The word the is the definite article. What that means is there's one. The car. Not a car. If I say a car, that's the indefinite article that lets me know there's many cars but when I say go go to the car it's one car so notice here it's the beauty praise the beauty of holiness I want to look at this for a little bit today because I feel like the Lord's given me something here to help in the name of the Lord all of you here Would you right now just put your Bible down and do me one favor. The word of God is already anointed. I've prayed that my lips would be anointed, my mind would be anointed, my tongue would be anointed. That's my responsibility. That's what I control. What you control though is your mind and heart. You need to pray for anointing to come to your mind and your heart today. And that's your responsibility right now to begin to ask God, God, come to my mind. Anoint my mind to receive the word of God. Anoint my heart, God, to something be placed down within, deep within me that I would understand. Give me revelation today, God. Give me revelation today, I pray. I need your revelation. I need a word from you, God. I need you and your will. Help me today that your word, the seed, would be placed in my heart. I pray against the devil. I take authority over spirits. I take authority over the spirits that would try to get the Word of God out of the heart and minds of people. I pray that the Word would be multiplied. I pray that the seed of the Word of God would produce great things here today. I ask it in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you, you may be seated. Thank you so much. It's it's interesting to me when I begin to meditate on both of these verses and begin to think about what is going on here. Our second text. That's found in 1 Chronicles, the 16th chapter. It is describing the ark of the Lord coming back to Jerusalem. It had been captured under the reign of Eli the priest. It had been in the territory of the Philistines for a number of months. They had experienced some health issues because of the ark of the Lord being there. They came up with the idea that perhaps these health issues are just uh, circumstantial. They have nothing to do with this ark of the Lord of Israel. And so they decided to take and make a test. They took and put the ark on a new cart and they put two mother cow in front to be able to pull that ark. These two mother cow had newborn calves and the natural instinct of those that mother was to stay close to those new calves. And yet here the Philistines were going to now just put them those two mothers there on the cart they were going to let it go. If that cart was pulled by those cows and they would go to Israel, they would know that Israel, their God, had been the one that had brought this sickness. But if those cows would meander and go over to their Two little calves. They would know that's the natural result of what? It's just life. Because it's so natural for those two mother cows to go where their calves are at. And so they let them go. When they did, they began to make their way towards Israel all of a sudden the basic nature of those animals were not controlled by their instinct but it was the hand of God that began to come down and take control of their nature and begin to lead them to the land of Israel let me tell someone here today that you better thank God that when you came to God, God got a hold of your natural instinct because in this building, if you knew the background of everybody here, this is a hell hole filled with people are sinners. This is a hell hole filled with people that were self-centered, that were violent, some perhaps gangbangers, some thieves, everyone a liar, but when God got a hold of us, God took control of our fleshly nature, and there, friend, he changed us. I'll never forget an elder in my life, Brother Paul Price telling me one time in my life. He said, you know what? Always remember this. Young men preach against the devil. Old men preach against the flesh. What was he saying? After you've lived a while for God, you understand the devil is under your feet. He's already been defeated. He has no power over me. I don't have to worry about him, but my greatest battle is this flesh. My greatest battle is this fleshly nature. Yeah. The devil's little stuff but this flesh it's a big deal I wake up in the morning and I'm fighting with it I go to bed at night and I'm fighting against that fleshly nature. And I've got a world that I live in that is always pressing me and always pushing against my flesh to get me to do the things that the flesh likes to do, to get me to do the things that the flesh enjoys. But I've got to make up my mind I'm going to be led by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm not going to let my flesh lead me and so this ark ends up and it resides for about 25 years in the house of an israelite saul is not interested in bringing the ark back to jerusalem He has no desire, in fact, to bring it back to Shiloh. It's not even important to him, the art, the presence of God, the power of God. But now, David is king, and it is supreme in his life. He is a man whose heart is after God. He is a man that will tell us, I would rather be in the courts of my God than dwell in the house of the wicked. I, one thing have I desired, I just want to be with God. I want to be around God. And he's thinking I got to get the ark back to Jerusalem. I've got to get it to Jerusalem that's where it really needs to be because we need the power of God. We need the presence of God to lead this nation. I'm here to tell you, America needs the power of God, the presence of God to lead this nation. Of course, you know what happens. He makes a mistake, has a new cart, Yes, does it do it perhaps the right way? But finally, he makes his mind up, I'm not letting my mistakes stop me from getting the power and presence of God in its rightful place. Don't you listen to the devil. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care what sins you've done after you come to God. I don't care how many times you've fallen, you've tripped, you've messed up. You gotta keep that desire. I gotta get God in his rightful place. I gotta get him being king of my life. I gotta make sure he's leading me every day. And even though you messed up yesterday, Get up, fall under the mercy of God, and let God help you. And so our text here in First Chronicles, he's bringing it back. And as he does, he is singing the song that we are taking our text out of. A song that he has penned that talks about starting in verse 27. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. <laughs> Woo! I want you to know that what? Ah, the name of the Lord is what, uh, what save me, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby I must. Be safe. It was the name of Jesus Christ. It was the name of the Lord. His name is due. All praise. His name is due. All glory. His name. How did I get it? Because I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It was his name that changed me. He said, give glory due unto his name. Bring an offering. Come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What is he beginning to let us know? The action of worship to the Lord. It is what that verb, worship, the subject the Lord it's got to be done in what? The beauty of holiness. I've got to do it in the beauty of holiness. All of a sudden, I begin to understand that what? <laughs> that God. He looks and he wants worship and he wants it in holiness and when I worship him in holiness, it's beautiful to him. It's beautiful to him. You say, what do I need to do? I need to get down on my knees and get rid of all sin. I need to get down on my knees and confess my sins. it's only when I get rid of all of the junk, all of the monk and the mire, all of the things that I've done with my hands, all the thoughts that I've had that were ungodly, it's when I get rid of them. Now, I'm going to worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. All of a sudden, what I take on his holiness. How do you get God's holiness you get it through the blood of Jesus Christ. You get it through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only the blood that will make you holy. I get the idea that somehow I've got responsibility. I can worship, but it isn't in The beauty of being holy. There's many scriptures that talk about that God turns his ear against the wicked, but his ear listens for the prayers of his saints. What am I saying? I'm trying to tell you when you need to get a revelation that says, you know what I've got to have in my life? I've got to have some holiness. I've got to have some holiness. Because why? I want to put the Lord in its rightful place. I want him. I want the ark. I want the power. I want the glory of God coming in my family, coming in my home. And I've got to understand, it's not that I can just worship and get up and live anywhere way i can't live any way i want to live on monday and tuesday and wednesday and thursday friday and saturday and come in here and think everything's gonna be all right i gotta get a revelation i gotta be holy on monday i gotta be holy on tuesday i gotta be holy all week long wow, I got seven grandkids. Woo! You should have felt the pressure that my wife and I were under when my grandkids heard, we're going to the rock with brother Randy Williams. Uh, Those 14, 13, 12-year-olds There's five of them, cousins, Nani, we got to go with you. We got to go to the rock, yeah, because we want to rock and roll, yeah. Oh, we got to get there. Let me tell you, just like certain churches were known throughout the ancient world, When Paul wrote the church to Philippi, uh, Thessalonica, excuse me, he said, your reputation is known throughout all of Macedonia and Achaia your reputation is there it's known. never the rock has got a reputation of being a one God apostolic tongue talking Jesus name living church it's got a reputation of being a worshiping church it's got a reputation of a congregation that's behind their pastor that lifts up his hand your reputation is spoken of throughout what throughout North America, but you got a responsibility. You got to keep on making sure when we worship God, when we sing to the Lord, it's got to be in the beauty of holiness. It's got to be that he's number one. Now notice Second Chronicles. First Chronicles, it was, you are to worship the Lord. The action of worshiping the Lord must be done in holiness. It is something that you possess. It is something that you live in. Now, when we go to Second Chronicles 20 and 21, we're dealing with a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat has been surrounded by a great enemy. Literally hundreds of thousands have there, have surrounded him. He is worried of how they're going to win this battle. Yes, the Bible lets us know that that was told to Jehoshaphat, a great multitude, is coming against you from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. Oh, yes. And the king, Jehoshaphat, verse 3, feared. And he set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. Judah gathered together. Corporate church prayer. Corporate church prayer. They gathered together. And what did they do? They began to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. There's got to be church prayer. There's got to be corporate church prayer. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to be seeking God. We're in the end times. We need our pastor to have wisdom. We're in the end times. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're in the end times. We got to be praying for each other. We got to be lifting up the hands of each other. We got to encourage everyone and what happens he stands and the lord begins to speak to him and he reminds the lord that before we ever got to this land you drove us out, drove out the enemy before you Ever gave Abraham seed you said we were his friend forever and what now I want you to understand we need your help we need your power and Judah stood before the Lord with her little ones their wives and their children and what happened All of a sudden the word of God came down. And that word came to Jehoshaphat. And now they had some instructions. He did what? Verse 21. When he consulted with the people, he appointed singers into the Lord. That they should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and say... Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Notice now it's to praise the beauty of holiness. Look at the rest of it and what? And to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. You've got to understand the church has got to realize what is the what uh, the beauty of holiness it's God himself because he's the very source of all holiness he's the very source you need to thank God for his mercy you need to thank God for his faithfulness you need to praise God he's never left you he's always been with you you gotta learn to pray Praise Him that He's my hope, He's my rock, He's my salvation. You got to learn to praise Him. He is the beauty of holiness. Why? He's the source of holiness. I told you, God robed himself in flesh and came down and died for us. It was the what? It was the what? Sinless blood of a righteous man that caused our sins to be able to be washed away. The church has got to learn to praise Understand, it is out of God's holiness that his faithfulness is there. You wouldn't, God is faithful because he's holy. There's no sin. James says, there's no veritableness, neither shadow of turning. He is what? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ooh. All of a sudden, I begin to understand that it's the blood that what the book of Acts begins to tell us, the 20th chapter, that God purchased the church with his blood own blood, his own blood. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the spotless blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am here to tell you we got to learn to worship God for his holiness. We got to learn to praise God that there is what He's not a man that he can lie. How oh, now? That means he's going to be with you through every trial, he's going to be with you through every test. His holiness is the source of his faithfulness. <laughs> I'm glad I got a holy God. You know why? His judgments are right and they're true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Ever since I've stood up here, I've been preaching. You've been judging me. I made some people happy, and I made some people say, What happened to that dude's leg? what's wrong with him? You know? Some other people are saying, I wish he wasn't so loud. Why can't he just be quiet? Why is he gonna scream? Oh yeah. Someone's saying, Well, you know, somebody skinny saying, he's fat, isn't he? Someone fat saying, Boy, he's skinny. I'm gonna run with those that are larger than me so I can feel better. <laughs> Hallelujah! Humans are judging each other all the time. But I don't trust your judgment. You don't know my yesterday. You don't know where I came from. You don't know where God picked me up from. You don't know any of that. But my God does. My God does. So I trust his judgment. I trust his judgment. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He knows it all. You don't. But, buddy, can we sit in that seat of judgment and make a lot of declarations? Bring me one of those chairs over here real quick. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. We can sit there. I told you I was fat. Couldn't get it over there, could I? Hmm. Who she thinks she is up there? Hmm. Well, I remember. It was four years ago. Yeah, I remember what she used to do. (laughs) Yeah, she used to, you know, she used to walk the streets. I know what she used to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Her? Yeah. I heard she used to pull dance a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him? <laughs> I remember seeing him, yeah. My brother told me he was snorting about mine. I knew it, yeah. And now he's up here worshiping. In the choir? Oh my goodness! There's no way! But let me tell you, I got a God that knows that I've repented. I got a God that has washed me, cleansed me, purged me. I got a God that has thrown all those sea those sins in the sea of forgetfulness I got a God that's holy you might know my actions but he looks deeper he knows my motives of what's going on he knows my motives inside of me He knows my heart. Yeah. So that's the reason why, Brother Judah, that I want to praise the Lord. For his mercy, his mercy endureth forever. It's from everlasting to everlasting. I want to praise the Lord for his mercy because his mercy gives me hope. His mercy gives me strength. His mercy helps me. Some preacher's calling me right now in the middle of a good point. Sorry, Brother Buxton. I'm in Florida. Call later. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a praise to my God. I'm talking about a praise to the Lord. Is holy, is pure, is just, is steadfast, who's merciful. Does anybody think the beauty that holiness looks good upon God? Does anybody think that the that what mercy looks good on God? <laughs> you see, when we talk about appearance, we're talking about clothes. And we always say the clothes make The man. Oh, yes, but I'm here to tell you I think holiness looks good on my God. I think it looks so good that He is faithful, He is just, He is merciful. I need His mercy every day. I'm going to need it tomorrow. I'm going to need it a week from now. It looks good upon him. It looks good upon him. Yeah. You better make it happen, buddy. That's all I want. Okay? Don't get me into this wishy-wash stuff now. What am I saying? I'm trying to let you know the beauty of Holiness. I'm trying to get you to understand that it was praise unto the Lord for the beauty of holiness. What was Jehoshaphat saying? Oh, yes. We have got the Lord on our side. There might be a hundred thousand enemy that is against us. Every time from Syria might have came, but understand this one thing, I'm going to praise my God because he's faithful, he's holy, he's always there, he's never going to let you down, it looks good on him. Notice what he said in that first text we're supposed to praise God in the beauty of holiness what do you mean you know what that's telling me that holiness looks good to God and his people I'm glad my God's holy I'm glad you're not judging me you're not looking down your long crooked nose at me and say, oh, no. I'm glad I got a God that judges correctly, that looks at all things, that knows all things. He's omniscient because he knows all things, friend. I trust him. You don't. You don't. And guess what? But as much as I am so glad that my God is holy, you know what he's wanting? He's wanting me to be holy. He's looking down at me, brother Judah, and he's wanting me to be holy. He says, there's some beauty in my people when I see holiness in them. The beauty of holy. Because when you are holy, you are like him. You are like him. You're putting on his image of holiness. You see, holiness for a human being, it's this, it's a sign of a dedication to God. Holiness to God for his people, it's a sign that God's dedicated to us. Holiness. When his people are holy, you know what that's saying? God, you're my priority. It's saying, God, you're my focus. It says, God, I want to please you. Ago, I read a book back in the 80s, I think it was called Dress for Success. You know what? It taught me one thing I don't wear plaid because plaid makes you look fat, I wear stripes, makes you look thinner. I know it, elder. I, I noticed that. You know what? I got a dark blue on, don't I? I went down recently to buy a new suit. My wife called ahead, had them pick out three of them. I got there. She said, I really like this one. Guess what it was? A light-colored plaid. I don't want a light-colored plaid. Because black makes you look thin, baby. (laughs) Writes, rights, make you look thin. I need all the help I can get. But if we're not careful, we're not interested in dressing the way God wants us to dress. We're wanting to dress, well... You know, I want to dress. yeah, that yeah, that that looks pretty good in that Vogue. that look. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Boy, I wonder what I'd look like in that. Woo! Let me tell you, honey, your legs are too fat to wear that short dress. Am I right? I'm right, you know it! what am i saying god says i don't want you dressing like the world i don't want you dressing like this worldly culture i want you to have an appearance of holiness i look at my dear sister in Starbucks. I knew who she was. She was one of them. I knew she was a one God, apostolic woman. I looked at her hair. It was uncut. I looked at her dress. It was modest. I said, I know who you are. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to the Lord. Please, someone else. You know they—they they said men are really competitive. I don't know if they are or not. Not like women. What are you saying? Well, I wouldn't remember. What a woman's wearing in here today. The only thing a man would know is does she have clothes on or not. That's it. But every one of you women know, hey, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Just you wore that last night. Yeah, I watch you ladies. You look up and down at each other when you walk in a room. Look at your eyes. I watch your eyes. That's what you're doing. And we get accused of looking at women. you look at each other and judge each other. And sometimes women, they're not dressing for men. They're dressing to other women. They're judging each other. They're judging each other's hair. They're judging each other's tops. They're judging each other's shoes. You remember. But I'm here to tell you, I don't want to dress for a woman. I don't want to dress for a man. I don't want to dress for society. I want the beauty of holiness. I want holiness in my life. i want it in my voice i want it in my hands i want it in my feet i want it in my eyes i want it in my mind i want it in my outward appearance i want to worship the lord in the beauty of holiness i want to praise him because he's holy i want to worship him with everything i've got see you got to understand beauty is something you see beauty is seen with the eye Beauty my holiness to the Lord has got to be visual. Visual. My beauty has got to be seen upon my life. That means I can't be cussing people out. That means when I'm driving down the road, I can't give them the wave that doesn't have all my hand. I can't give them, you know, that one, you know what I'm talking about. Because they cut me off. That means you know what I've got to do. That means it's got to be visual. That's why I say yes, ma'am. That's why I say no, sir. That's why I do that because why? I'm trying to do what? I'm trying to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to show this world the beauty of holiness, of what it's like to live a God-centered life well, I know what you're saying. I know where you're going. I know. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God knows my heart. God knows my heart. Listen, I've been in this too long, folks. I pastored too long. I know the tricks, because I was once one of you, and then I became a pastor that I had to watch out for you. God knows my heart. That's right. I'm glad God knows your heart. But here's the problem. The only thing God man can see they can't see your heart they can only see your exterior is your exterior holy is your that's the only thing that they can see to know that what you're a child of God the only way they can know that you're living right they've got to see your actions they got to see the way you dress they got to see how you treat people they got to see how you act That is beautiful to God. When his people are like him, when his people are what? Merciful to each other. It's like he is to us. I found out a long time ago, it's easy for me to give mercy. You know why? Because I need a lot of mercy. And when you understand you need a lot of mercy, you're willing to give a lot of mercy. And you are like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's beautiful to the Lord when he sees you give mercy to someone else that's done you wrong because why? all over this world there are people that do him wrong all the time and he forgives them and he's long suffering to them but when he sees you do it he says that's the beauty of holiness right there that's the beauty of holiness when he sees you coming to the house of God every time the doors are open when he sees you coming to the prayer meeting I want you to know He says there, that's beautiful. Because they're being faithful like I am. I'm at the house of God every time you get there. You see, he's here every time you get here. He filleth all in all. So when he sees you being faithful, he says, I like that beauty right there. I like that beauty right there. When he sees you... What? Giving? He says, that's beautiful holiness to me. Because why? He was the greatest giver that has ever been he was though he was rich for your sakes he came poor and what did he do he died upon a cross and so when he sees us giving he says that's beautiful when he sees us being faithful he says that's beautiful when he sees us red being merciful he says that's beautiful holiness He sees us living out holiness visually he says that's beautiful to me so what do we have to do we have to say I'm going to worship you because you are so holy God you are so good what would I do without you Lord What would I do without your faithfulness? You're there every morning, God. You're there every nighttime, God. Every time I go through the water, you're there. Every time I go through the fire, you are there. Every time, God i got to go through the valley. You are there. You're so faithful. You're not fickle. You're not up and down. You're not in and out. You're always the same. I can always depend upon you. Ah, Thank you for being holy, God. And now I'm going to live out your holiness in this world down here. I'm going to live it out with everything I've got. Stand with me. My challenge is today, it's not a challenge to God for you to be more holy, but it's a challenge to the church and to every guest here today. You got to make up in your mind that I am going to worship the Lord. Beauty of holiness and the beauty of being righteous before Him and the beauty of being faithful to Him. I want you right now to stand with me and come to this front. I want you right now to begin to raise your hands. I want you to begin to say, God, give me a revelation today. Give me a revelation right now. Open up my eyes, God. Open up, is my appearance right? God, is my actions right? I want to be holy before you, God. I want to be holy before you, God. I want to be holy before you, God. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to begin to ask the Lord, God, come on, church. Come on. I want you to begin to pray and say, make me holy. If you got sin in your life, begin to ask God to forgive you. Oh. If you've got sin in your life. Life, get it out right now. If you got sin in your life, ask God to forgive you. If you got sin in your life, open up your heart. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth. Open up your life and say, God. If you got sin in your life, get it out. If you got ought in your life, get it out. Get it out right now. Get it out right now. Get it out right now. Holiness. Right what I love oh, God, somebody needs to repent. Someone needs to repent. Someone needs to repent right now. God, forgive me. Open up your mouth. Open up your heart. Dig in to ask God right now, right now. Cleanse me. 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 Oh.